This is the Mind Body Detox Podcast, where we discuss all things integrative health and wellness, interviewing folks from all over the world, sharing insights and wisdom on how to live a healthier life in mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back, everyone, to the Mind Body Detox Podcast. I'm back again with Ms. Tanya Jarrett, nutritional therapist, and Ms. April Johnson, functional medicine health coach. And we're going to talk about clean eating because clean eating has changed my life. And I know Tanya and April as well. So I'm really excited to hear their stories. But uh, for those of you who are not aware, just changing your diet can make or break your health. And I know from my own journey, I was one of those people that again, I, I was I was just had just had a baby and I was very overweight. I am 5'10, so yeah, I should be a little bit higher there, but I was 260 pounds. So I was about a hundred pounds overweight for my height. And I had no energy, I was depressed, I was really, really just toxic in general because I had a lot of acne. So I had a lot of health issues as well as physical excess weight. And I didn't actually start working out as my first thing to change my life. I actually just started eating cleaner. And what happened was miraculous. I was almost like baffled as like, why am I losing so much weight when I'm not even working out at all? So my journey was losing weight from cutting out sugar, like just cutting out sugar alone. I lost 40 pounds. That was like, wait a minute, what else can I do? And so I think with that catalyst in my life, just cutting sugar out, then I started to look at the other things I could possibly do. And next was gluten. Gluten was a big issue for me as well as causing inflammation in my body, but it also is really contributing to excess weight gain because a lot of the stuff I was eating was like breads and cakes and things that had a lot of carbs. So I was also, you know, it turns right into sugar. So I was gaining weight from that. So all in all, I think it took me like a year or year and a half to lose about a hundred pounds, which is a dramatic weight loss. That's dramatic. And this is just from cleaning up my diet. And we talked about the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 in the last episode. We're going to talk more a bit about that and touch on it a little bit in this episode. But really in a nutshell, my story in fast forward here to here now, I am so much healthier. I am gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, and I eat probably 90% organic. And of course, it didn't start out that way, but it's just the amount of energy that I have, my skin health my digestive health, my sleep health, my mental health is a huge one that is not talked about very often, but that is big. That is big, big, big. So anyway, I know that there, I could go much more into my story in detail, but I think we need to get to the content here of really looking at why we do this and how we do this. And also sharing some more other myths that we really are commonly getting stopped up on when it comes to our health journey. So Tanya and April, I know both of you have some stories about cleaning up your diet, but April, what is the the most profound thing for you that shifted when you changed your diet and started eating cleaner? Wow. A lot, actually. <laughs> Um, you said miraculous is the same experience that I had, you know, growing up, I basically ate the standard American diet. And I mean, I had no issues with my weight or my health at that time when I was younger until after I had my first child. And 
from there, I started noticing that like I had gained all of this weight and then I wasn't able to lose it. And that was like a new thing for me. And I started jumping on those bandwagons of all those crazy diets. And I started yo-yo dieting. I'd lose the weight, gain the weight, lose the weight, gain the weight. And that was so frustrating. That was probably a good 10 years that I was enduring that. And I got to this point where I was the heaviest that I was. And I just like, I was so depressed, so like upset. I was having digestive problems. I was having hormone issues, thyroid issues, sleep issues. And I, I was one of those people, honestly, I'm not going to lie that I really didn't think food had anything to do with what I was going through. And then one day I just decided, well, you know what, maybe I need to look into this. And then I started watching food documentaries and one of them was Food Inc. And when I started learning about the food and the food industry, GMOs and processed foods and all of the chemicals, I was like, holy crap, I am literally not feeding my body what it needs. And I'm like poisoning myself in a way. And it was like kind of like a no brainer to me that like, well, no wonder I've been dealing with all of these issues. And so me and my husband made that decision that like, once we learned all of this stuff, we could never go back to the way that we were eating. And we started making very small changes to what we were eating. Um, because overwhelm is not something that you want to do when you're changing your diet, for sure. But we just started focusing on what we wanted to eliminate first. And high fructose corn syrup was the number one thing, because it's in everything, anything processed, anything in your fast food industry, it's in everything. And you know, high fructose is just a bunch of sugar. And it was no wonder that I was gaining all of this weight and I couldn't lose it because it was in things that I didn't even know, like ketchup, you know, it was crazy. Um, so when we started eliminating that, I started losing weight just from that one thing. And then soda was another thing too. I'll throw that in there, but soda was another one. I started losing weight. And then from there, I just started changing more to our diet and started eliminating more ingredients and then started moving away from processed foods to whole foods, growing our own food canning, preserving, all of that. And I was able to lose 30 pounds. And that's, you know, like everything, like I said, in my life just changed because I was like, wow, like literally food is information. Feed your body. Like you're either giving it what it needs or you're not. So yeah, that was, that's my personal story on how clean eating like really affected my life. And from there, I mean, I also didn't have those digestive problems anymore. Didn't have those hormone issues anymore no more thyroid issues either. And sleeping was a lot better. So I have to say that when that food Inc documentary came out, so this was like, before I had my son, my sister was like wanting me to watch all that stuff. And like, I remember sitting down with her and watching it and she was one, my sister is super hyperactive. I'm not hyperactive, but like hyperactive fit, <laughs> not hyperactive, like an ADD, but she's super fit. And she would ride her bike to work. And she worked like 10 miles away. She was always eating like clean organic. She was out there getting involved with the local CSAs before I even knew what that was. And so I remember like watching this, I'm like, this is, I don't know, like, it just something about it. I wasn't ready for it. But then when I was, I was like, oh my gosh. And what you said, April, is like that yo-yo dieting thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people listening can relate to that. And mm -hmm. even for my journey of jumping on the bandwagon was also in a similar way where it's like, oh, we're going to try this. We're going to try this style of eating, or we're going to try this type of detox and this type of detox and really jumping mm -hmm. around and trying everything. But again, like you, you said, 
you were successful because you just eliminated things one at a time. The whole structure in which you changed your lifestyle was sustainable where you're doing one thing at a time. And I know as health coaches, you guys, we see this a lot where we have to help the people out there listening. Like you don't have to do it all at once. Um, because really that's not sustainable and you usually give up and then you're like, ah, that was too hard. So yeah, I love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's exactly what I tell my clients too, because I went through this myself and I'm telling you like that overwhelm it, you will, you will get so overwhelmed and you're just going to throw your hands up and get, I'm done. That's why I take it baby steps at a time and it, it totally will work if you do that. Yeah. You don't want to fall off the good food wagon. You want to stay on it because it's where the place is to be. If that's the right expression, right? Falling off the good exactly. food wagon, getting off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so awesome. So Tanya, I know you have a story as well. What is your clean eating story? Oh gosh. It's kind of like when you move and you're just unpacking all of these boxes, <laughs> that's kind of like how it feels when you're telling your story because It's like unpacking all of this stuff. But I too, like April, grew up in a family where the standard American diet was in the forefront. And it was a lot of microwavable meals, tuna noodle casseroles, tang. I know April and I, we laugh about some of the stuff we, you know, have eaten growing up. But, you know, I didn't eat hamburger helper, right? Yeah, right here. Hamburger helper. I didn't even know that asparagus was fresh because my dad always bought canned asparagus. Mm. So I had this aversion to asparagus for the longest time. And when I finally ate fresh asparagus, my mind was blown that that is a real thing. (laughs) I, I do think that people tend to look at me and be like, oh, she's probably ate healthy her whole life. Well, that is not the true part of the story. You know, so that was me. I was always, you know, eating the standard. But I was really athletic. So I was thin and that's just the way I was. And it wasn't until really my, my senior year of college that things started to go a little wonky. And at that time, I won the title of Miss Pennsylvania USA, and I was really busy. I mean, busy is an understatement. So I was traveling all over the state and the U.S., Um, I was preparing for a competition, but I also had a job on the weekends and I was finishing my senior year of college and things were crazy. I barely ate. I was very, very thin and I had, I developed severe panic and anxiety disorder Mm -hmm. and um, had really poor sleep because there I was 22 years old. I wanted to go out. So I was you know, making the most of my life and going out with my friends when I could and just living on three hours of sleep and basically no breakfast, no lunch, and just maybe eating something for dinner. So that was pretty eye-opening to me. And over those next few years, and, and, and just to preface that with, there was no pressure from anybody not to eat or to be thin. That was just the lifestyle that Product I of being busy. On. Product of being Absolutely. busy, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I know we work with a lot of clients that have that same thing. Like they don't eat till they eat one meal a day. So this is really common in our culture. So. Yep. And it it just became normal to me. And, you know, over the years I, I learned more and more and more and more. And my, my interest in nutrition, as I um, finished my master's of public health degree, just grew significantly. And then I found myself after, here we go guys, after having a kid, I think we all three are like, this is a defining moment for us too. Yep. yep. I suffered from severe adrenal fatigue 
at the time I didn't notice it at the time. I didn't know what it was, I should say, but I knew something was wrong. I had really poor sleep cycles. I was super irritable. It was not myself. And that was the point where I was like, back to get my nutritional therapy certification. And I'm going to learn a lot about food because that's really um, when I started following Dr. Mark Hyman and, and all of these integrative functional practitioners that were speaking language that was like nudging me in the right way. And I was able to heal my body through really, again, eliminating sugar. And I do eat gluten and dairy, but it's very, very, very minimal. I mean, it is really like a treat for me. Mm -hmm. So um, just focusing on like, hey, where'd your meat come from? And, you know, why is the quality so important? And that's when I learned about fats. I mean, how many people really think about the fats that they put on their food that they cook Mm with? It's not a focal point usually. And it became one for me. So it was quite the experience. And if I knew then what I know now, 16 years later, man, I'd be a smart woman. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Can you imagine what we would have accomplished then with like the energy level and like the vitality of eating this amazing food? (laughs) Tell me about it. I think about it all the time, but it's such a journey and everybody has their own journey and their own defining moment. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us more about why this is important, you know, to do this for yourself. What is it and what does it mean to clean up your diet? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, as you go through your journey and and you really sit and reflect, and if, you know, if I could say one thing to our listeners out there is that eating fresh, clean, whole foods is one of the most empowering things that you can do for yourself. It is the pure form of self-love. It really is. That, that's just how I feel. And I always want to convey that to people. And like April and Kara, like you guys are saying, like, this is such a process and it can be overwhelming, but in the end, you feel so much more empowered and you feel so much more. It's like, you're just caring for yourself at the deepest level. Mm-hmm. I completely a hundred percent agree. And I just want to say, before we go into April, she's going to talk about what it really means to clean up our diets. But I want to say that when we talk about like the way we eat, I can like imagine myself like 10 years ago going, how can they like do this? Like, and then almost having this sense of like, well, they must think that they're better than us or something like that. Or like this Mm -hmm. sense of, oh, I had pizza today. They must think I'm the devil because I had gluten or whatever. I want to just really make it very clear that everybody's bodies are different. I know we talk about that more on this, on this podcast, everybody is, is different. And, you know, there is no wrong or right way, you know, for each of us it's different. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think that it's, again, one, one thing leads to the other as you kind of go down the nutrition, clean eating rabbit hole. But I will say that as you do the clean eating and you start to really clean up your diet, it does improve all the things we talked about, health, skin, immune system, sleep, all that. But also for those of you who are really looking to connect deeper spiritually and to deepen your intuition, it really does help clear up brain fog. So you can hear your intuitive voice a lot clearer. That's really an important thing to say. As an intuitive reader, after cleaning up my diet, I was able to get not just clearer readings, but very precise and more accurate readings. 
So like really clear details in my readings, in my medical intuitive readings. So I think that's really important. So not whether you're a professional or not, it's so important to have that aspect of how we connect to our intuition into our spirituality. And having a deeper connection in that is absolutely possible when you eat a cleaner diet. Mm -hmm. So April, I want to know, like, what does it mean to clean up our diet? We obviously like discuss Tang and hamburger helper and like the things (laughs) that we want to stay away from. But tell us more about that. When I started mine, it, it was first eliminating what I really didn't want to put in my diet anymore. Um, but what I just want to emphasize what Tanya stated too, which was the whole foods. I think that's a huge one. And I know we talked about the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. So that is a really great resource to really start on whole food eating, um, on what's clean, um, what's safe and versus what's not produce is unfortunately heavily sprayed. So there is things that are better than the others, but really focusing on the whole food, moving from the less of the box less of the process, um, less of the fast food, um, really focusing more on home cooked meals. And this just just like brings me back because I hated cooking. (laughs) I did. I'm not going to lie. If it didn't come in the box, I didn't make it. And I hated looking for recipes. I hated being in the kitchen. I hated making the food. But I'll tell you what, when I started making these changes and started making homemade meals with whole foods, my whole output on cooking completely changed. We're like, I'm literally in the kitchen all the time. Like I'm all of our food, pretty much, not all of it, but I'd say 90, 95% of it is all home cooked. And there's something that comes from when you make your own food. Like it's a really great feeling when you put a really great, delicious, nutritious food on the table for not only you, but for your family. And I, I hear it from a lot of people all the time. Like I can't cook. I can't cook. Yes, you can. Because if I can do it, you can do it. I was an awful one. It takes practice. It takes practice. But just get in there and make simple meals. It does not have to be complicated at all. Doing the home-cooked meals is really important with fresh ingredients. Also looking at that food quality, conventional versus organic. So conventional is the big agricultural farming, which is like heavily sprayed and GMO. And organic is, you know, the non-GMO, non-sprayed. And they're actually going to be way more nutritious um, and value than anything that's been genetically modified or sprayed on. Meat, protein. Um, if you eat protein, really look at grass-fed, pasture-raised. I think we talked a little bit about this too in our last podcast episode about getting to know your farmer, especially in your local area, CSAs, or maybe you live around the Amish like I do. Get to know them, talk to them, and ask them about their practices. But grass-fed and pasture-raised is so much better for you than conventionally grown and the CAFOs and being fed GMO feed in the grocery stores. And pasture-raised eggs are huge. I love eggs. I used to have chickens. I don't have them anymore. I can't wait to get some more. But um, eggs are so good for you. And I know there's like this thing that eggs are bad, right? Eggs are bad, cholesterol, all that, right? Mm -mm. Pasture-raised eggs are really, really good for you. So eat them, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) eat them, eat them, get some chickens if you want. Um, They're actually quite fun. And then looking at healthy fats, we're going to look at like the omega threes versus the omega sixes, omega threes, like fish, 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 fish. And actually I did not like seafood, but I love salmon now. I love mahi. I eat cod. I eat scallops. Like it's kind of crazy because I think what threw me off was like the, the frozen fish sticks. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry. But um, my mom used to try to give those to me and I hated them. And so I think that kind of just stuck with me with fish. That like all fish just tastes like that and I don't like it. And then I got curious and I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty good. So yeah, eating fish is really, really good for you. Good, healthy fat. Fat is good for you. And I was always stuck on this no fat, low fat. No, we need fat. And staying away from those omega-6s as much as you can, like the refined oils and can- like canola and soybean, like all of those, those are, mm-hmm. those are not good for you. Those are not good fats at all. Looking at coconut, avocado, olive oil, ghee, and grass-fed butter. So those are really, really great healthy fats. So those are just some things that like you can start working on. But like I said earlier, just start where it's comfortable for you and making changes. And then, you know, once you got that down, then work on another one and then work on another one. And before you know it, this will be like your way of eating in no, in no time. That's so true. And April, like once you start cutting out those boxed foods and cooking fresh ingredients, you're really eliminating, no, I shouldn't say eliminating, but really reducing the amount of inflammatory oils like that soybean and yes. canola and like, because that is what is in those boxed foods. It's that, that refined oil that does mm-hmm. not spoil. Yeah. Well, the par- yeah, that are the partially hydrogenated oils, which are mm-hmm. really, really bad for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to say that I love your story about the fish sticks because <laughs> I never liked them either. No. And I really now I, I always tease Matt. I'm like, I'm making us delicious sea meats for dinner. Cause like, I'm like, why is it called seafood? Why is it just called meats? It's actually meat too. I was like, we're going to have some sea meat, <laughs> sea meat, everybody. I, <laughs> yeah. So I've also, I was thinking about when you were talking about knowing your farmer, there's something that really for me, psychologically and spiritually knowing who the people are that put their hands on my food as they're pulling it out and harvesting it from the ground as an energy sensitive, I need to know who who's putting their energy into my food. And I know not everyone's this mm. way, but it's really not only for someone who's sensitive to energy like myself, but also just the psychological component of, oh my gosh, I know these people, they're an amazing family or whatever that whoever they are. And I know their value and their character. And it's really cool that I know them and they help grow my food and feed my family. So I love that psychological aspect of that there. And um, one of the things I want to add that I think is really important is when we pray over our food or when we put energy into our food, we have this something that shifts in the body. Even if you're not a believer and you have, you know, a faith, you're an atheist, like something shifts where you have a relaxation response in the body. And then that way you're able to be in your physical space, smelling, tasting the food, eating the food in a way that's present or more mindful eating. And I think that really shifts your digestive system and the way you're assimilating. Mm. So clean eatings, you know, even if you can't eat clean right away, like start just getting present with your food because I think there's a lot of resistance to eat clean eating sometimes when we start. Like you still, even though we say, don't go do it all at once, take baby steps. People don't do that. I know they don't. I know they're <laughs> they're like, oh man, I'm going to do it all. And it, it really happens anyway. Yeah. But so after we change our diet, we're knowing our farmer, we're getting the healthy fats, we're getting pasture raised, raised eggs. We're just going along our journey here. What can we expect to happen with our health, what will this is, this is Kara. This is like where the, the magic happens. This is where like all of these wonderful things start to like cascade, just like a domino effect. And it's, it's just 
I, I just call it pure magic because I'm, I'll go through a few of the things that happen. But remember, because everybody is so incredibly bio-individual that you're just not limited to the things that I'm going to talk about. So there are so many wonderful things that can happen. And first and foremost, of course, for me, you know, geeking out on hormones because it's something that I truly feel passionate about, your hormone balance improves. <laughs> And I want to just chat for a moment quick about insulin. So insulin is like the CEO. It's like the boss. Okay. So it's like the boss of your steroid hormones. So think like estrogen and progesterone, progesterone and testosterone. I mean, it's a major, major player in hormone balance, which is why both April and I focus on balancing your insulin levels because there are so many conditions that can be resolved when you have healthy insulin levels. So this is usually like the first place that you want to start and focusing on whole foods really naturally does that because you're cutting out the sugars and the processed junk. So that just like gets me all excited. But then when your insulin levels are stable, you don't crave all that junk because your body is not doing these massive blood sugar swings up and down and all over the place and around and around. So you really stop craving sugar and and junk and your taste buds start to change. And that's because your gut bacteria changes and your gut bacteria is so incredibly sensitive to what you eat. It can change so quickly. And one of the things I hear from clients all the time is, oh my gosh, my sweetness acuity changed. <laughs> they tell me like, I, ha- I went to a picnic this weekend and I had a-, a soda and I couldn't even drink half of it because it was too sweet. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? I can't I mean, even imagine that. When I was like first starting, it. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to always want this delicious like dessert or soda. <laughs> nope. It's totally true. I cannot even like, even thinking about the last soda I tasted was, it just makes me like cringe. (laughs) Right. I know. And even when you go to eat that delicious piece of chocolate cake, maybe with peanut butter icing, because that's kind of what I'm craving in this pregnancy. (laughs) But even when you, you go out to eat that cake, it's so sweet that you could probably only eat a quarter of it. That's such a significant effect that cleaning up your diet has. It's just beautiful. I love it. And then you're sleeping better. And guess what? Because your insulin stabilized, you have energy. And you know, your your cells are communicating properly, so you're able to have that energy flow and your immune health goes up because you're getting all of the wonderful micronutrients and vitamins that you need. And you're pooping better. <laughs> and that is one thing that I mean everybody knows how wonderful it is to have you know, good bowel movements. So some I, of us I, don't, I do some of the American good. population don't. So we're going to be doing an, another episode on that. Stay tuned for the poop episode. But honestly, yeah. I want to talk to my doctor. I have to say like a side note here. I asked my doctor how often it is like, like how often should you have a bowel movement? No, like anywhere between once a day to once a week. Well, I have to tell you folks that is not healthy to have a bowel movement only once a week. We will talk more about that, but Tanya's mm-hmm. right. Like, I feel like like when you do change your diet, like you do have healthier bowel movements in a way that it feels better. Your whole mood changes because of that. Totally. You're not just sitting in a bunch of toxins and you have all that fiber from that good nutritious whole food. That's really pushing all of the waste out. It's 
collecting all of that cholesterol, taking it out. So, I mean, I'm telling you, it's, that was probably one of the best changes for me personally. I always suffered from not regular bowel movements. So um, that was really huge for me. And then, you know, your skin changes, Kara, you had that experience yourself with the skin. Mm-hmm. So yes. you, you know, that's one of the things that I have always hear you talk about is like how you, you noticed your skin was clearer and, you know, it was, it just looked better. Yeah. And even now to this day, when I'm doing some sort of detox or something like that, if I know my liver health's confiscated some way by what I'm eating or what I'm doing in my life, if I start breaking out and um, stay tuned, we'll talk more about like the different spaces on your face to break out and what they mean. There's some really cool Chinese face diagnosis for what um, in general could be going on. Again, those are cool things to learn about, but I definitely would vouch for that because I honestly thought you had to like be taking proactive. Like when I was a teenager, I was like proactive. I got to get that. got to get my parents to get that because it's why my skin's this way. No, I tried every product there was on the market and that wasn't what was going on. Like there is definitely some layers there that everyone I thought that um, was the the models for proactive and all that was like, you know what? They probably just eat healthy. (laughs) (laughs) And they they might. And then definitely water helps too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, I know with the dieting, yo-yo dieting that April was talking about. Again, I know everybody out there can really relate to that. At least I'm sure some of you have tried at least once to go on some sort of diet, whether successfully or unsuccessfully. When we're eating cleaner, like tell us about like, okay, we want to eat cleaner. We're going to lose weight that way. We're going to have our immune system get better. We're going to poop better. We're going to feel our skin changes, our harm, all these great things. But like, we still want to lose weight. And Tom said, we're magically going to lose weight. But do we have to like still count calories? Tell us about that because we are so addicted to counting calories. Can we just like Mm. give that up altogether? I say, yay. Yes. How, wait, how do they say it in a board meeting? You know, they're like, there's like a specific way you're supposed to vote. So <laughs> I'm, I'm voting that way. I say, yay. Is that what you say? Yay. yay. <laughs> yay or nay. I say, yay. I never counted any calories, honey. No, no I, mean, I don't get April, it. April, if you want to talk about that, go for it. And I'll just chime in, but like, stop counting calories. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I was, I was so, oh, counting calories was my thing. And I'm telling you, that's really no way to live. And I mean, even then when I was counting calories, I mean, it wasn't like all healthy food either. It was like, oh, I'm only allowed to have 1200 calories. This is all I can have. And and so I'll have this cookie or maybe whatever, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't a healthy way to go about eating. And honestly, like that is kind of just really what throw you off healthy eating. If you're sitting here having to count calories, I'm just not a fan of that. I used to do it, but I don't do it anymore. No, I don't know, Tanya, if you want to add anything to that. Yeah. I mean, I truly think that if you talk to people that counting calories is a thing and it always will be, it's like, you know, whether it's Weight Watchers or any fad diet or anything, whether they're counting points or calories, and it's like everything feels so incredibly calculated mm-hmm. that like, I, I really feel like your relationship with food is completely tarnished when you start to do that. Absolutely. And there's no like intuition behind what, what you're supposed to be eating. And the most beautiful thing about making food changes is that you're happier and you're confident and you develop a positive relationship with food. So like get that calorie counting out of there. 
out of there. We are not like pedometers, you know, where we're like counting steps. Like we are, our bodies aren't made to count calories. They don't keep track of food that way. No, I I just want to highlight on the thing about you're talking about the relationship with food, because I know when I was doing the yo-yo dieting and counting all those calories, my relationship with food was awful. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really not a good place. I mean, there were even times where I would even skip meals. Um, That's how bad it was. Like, oh my God, if I eat anything, I'm going to gain weight. Yep. You know, and it was just so, so unhealthy. So when I started making these changes and started eating more of a whole food diet, like my relationship with food completely changed. And I just wanted to highlight on that because I think that's really, really important and very profound for sure. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I really think that as a consumer, it's really hard to sift through what is healthy and what is not because mm-hmm. marketing is so darn good and they pay these food manufacturers and 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 the big food companies pay these marketing people pretty darn good money to make that packaging look good or, you know, to make, to have the right words on the packaging. So that is the specific item that you're going to buy. Guys, our government is not protecting us. We live in a world of food lies. So you have to learn to read ingredients. Not even, I don't even worry about the calories. It's more about what is in the food that you're buying. If it's not a whole food, you need to learn how to read ingredients. And like, I know April and I, both love teaching people how to do that because yep. it provides so much clarity. Yep. So important. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Do you guys have anything else you want to add? We wrap it up here tonight. What I really want to drive home, the message I want to drive home is that it is not about being perfect. Making food choices is not about being perfect because guys, perfect is not fun. Okay. So we all have to have a little fun in our lives, but I I really, truly believe that these tiny decisions that you make every single day and at every single meal, you have decisions to be made. So the power is really in your hands. So once you make all these tiny little decisions and you make them a habit, those small little decisions add up to really, really, really big ones. So those small decisions make small changes, which completely over time is bigger changes. That's the message I love driving home. It's not about, you know, ripping apart your pantry in one night and then like throwing everything out. It's just about, you know, trying every day to make one new change or every week. I totally agree with everything that you said. And for me, it was really powerful. Like for me, for my health too, that like, I have this power in my hands. I have this control by what I put in. I have that power to choose. And that was a really, really huge for me. You know, like, I, like you were saying, just making those small changes every single day, I think is really, really a great way to start incorporating a cleaner diet. And another thing, like you were saying that we aren't perfect and that's a hundred percent true. And so I tell my clients that, look, have the 90, 10 rule, eat 90% healthy and then 10%, you know, yeah, go have that treat, go have that bowl of ice cream or a cookie or whatever we can never strive for a hundred percent. It's almost impossible. Um, if anybody says that they do that, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but 
um, I think it, it's easier for us if we could follow something more like that 90-10 rule. So I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. And definitely get rid of the thought of calories in, calories out. Oh, wow. because, I mean, we just need to get rid of that theory. The most effective weight loss plan and sustainable long-term weight loss health plan, not even weight loss, but health from the inside out is eating whole nutritious foods. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. They, thank you so much, ladies. And, and again, Mind Body Detox is about really looking at and deprogramming our lives of the mental constructs, the physical and the spiritual constructs, which really have kept us out of freedom and out of freedom of choice and out of that choice to basically love ourselves deeper. Like you said, Tanya, at the very beginning, we have really been programmed by our culture of you know eating hamburger helper and all the things that we, even the fad diets are what we have been told are the right ways to really eat. And now the clean eating thing, like you guys, this could become the fad, but then there's still going to be rules and regulations and dogma around the right way to eat and the wrong way to eat clean eating. Like, and it's, and again, just really thinking, going back to that self-love piece that Tanya said at the very beginning, all this information, all the content we give you, all of it comes back to the number one thing that's really the, the root cause of everything in all of our lives is lack of self-love. When we love ourselves better, we make better choices for ourselves, for our health, for our family, for our relationships. And it's not about perfectionism. Perfectionism isn't self-love. So little steps at a time, like they said, and really just being present with your food every time you're eating so that you can really, every time you decide, just like in the matrix, am I taking the red pill, or the blue pill? I'm going to continue to eat this and you know, be consciously aware that it is Tang or Hamburger Helper or something that isn't healthy for me. But then not judge yourself for it. So it's not about being perfect. But then when you do have that fresh carrot from the local farmer, be present with that food as well and taste the difference. Feel how it feels because that's how you grow your own way, your own path of following intuitive eating. So you're not following the fads, but how many calories do I need to eat? It's about feeling and trusting and loving your body and your body will tell you what it needs. So it's just this journey in connecting with yourself and listening to what yourself needs and yourself will always give you messages of love back to you of what, of what it needs. So, all right, everybody, we'll see you next time. We're going to talk about poop. I promise. You guys are so <laughs> excited, aren't you? <laughs> Can't wait. Right. Can't Thanks wait. so much, everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And again, this is Mind Body Detox Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Mind Body Detox podcast. We wish you wellness and health in your mind, body, and spirit. And be well until next time, my friends.